Hello, and welcome to a midweek Brotherly Love Eagles podcast. Two times a week. Two times a week. So we're, we put in the work, <laughs> and it shows. So we're going to do these short and sweet midweek, um, but and pretty, pretty consistent with these as well. What we think we got wrong after reading a lot of analysis and hearing local national talk, uh, well, especially on the local level, because, you know, we like to kind of get a mix. The line did not play as well as I had thought. I said the line had played great, but especially your boy I- Isaac Siamalo, uh, he was getting crushed in the media. And it sounds like rightfully so. So I, I, there was a bunch of articles of whether they should bench him. But the reason is, is you know, he's a second year player. Is he second year? Second year, yeah. Yeah, so it sounds... So still developmental. Right. Uh, but yeah, he... Uh, and Kozell pointed this out. Not all, and the Chiefs kind of knew it. They would kind of stack their D line formations to ISO him, and, and that showed. Um, but the the good call out uh, was Brandon Brooks. I think like Kozell and uh, Duffy called that out. So a mixed bag. It's just kind of some points of vulnerability along the line. In case you're wondering, Fran Duffy and Greg Cosell, they do a podcast for Philadelphia Eagles Network that is pretty good. If you want to get really into the nuts and bolts, they do a great job of, of breaking down the game. Yeah, yeah they, was... use, they use terms like dig route and dagger concept, <laughs> which I was Googling while listening to it. Yeah, so if you really want to get into the weeds, you should listen to that one. I think it's because the pass protection was so, was so good, you know, and Charles Davis was praising the line kind of, uh, you know, filtered my my thought that they had a good game. And it was one of those things where Wentz had a lot of time. He played well. The line, I thought, played well. So if Siumalo had a bad game, that's understandable because he did get, you know, he did get, he did get torched. And then, it, you know, that was something that I definitely got wrong. What do you think you got wrong? Uh, nothing. I'm, I'm a paragon <laughs> of perfection. Um, I definitely, you know, and, and this is, you know, this is Diddy's big songbook. And in the Reed era, he was always, he always leveled this critique, but the run pass balance, which we more or less completely, not completely missed. I, I think maybe I hinted at it. We're in the third quarter on that really impressive drive that culminated with Jeffrey's touchdown. We had seemed to have found like the right balance, even though it was a little pass heavy. And um, we were using Sproles as the feature back, but, you know, there's kind of two conflicting philosophies in the Diddy camp. And I think you sent me this. He even referred to himself as kind of old school when it comes to how much you should balance the pass and the run. We talked about it a little bit. If you kind of, again, listen, listen to the X's and O's podcast with Duffy and Cosell, they point out that philosophically the screen game and kind of those like uh, uh, quick slants and like short timing passes kind of are supposed to manufacture a run game. Um, but we, we weren't really executing on that in the fourth quarter, but we kind of missed, missed that dynamic. At least I did. I wasn't really like thinking about it that way. It's funny. You should mention that because uh, the, the other thing I wanted to get into each week is what, what I think is the punditry overreaction. And I actually think the overreaction was exactly this run pass discrepancy that especially Philadelphia fans and the Philadelphia media are freaking out about. So 
they like to bring up the stat from the last game: fifty-six called passes to thirteen called runs. That right. sounds that, that sounds terrible, uh, but when we saw the game play out, it seemed that you know that was definitely something they thought they could exploit. It seems you know that everybody's also freaking out about you know Leclerc Blunt and why do they bring him in if they're not going to use him? He had zero rush attempts. Last game, I thought he had had a one or two, but he had zero. But if you look at week one, uh, when they won, which was a different game, they controlled much more of the game. They weren't always having to, you know, see, kind of match match uh, the the what was what am I trying to say? Try to match match what Andy Reid was was trying to do on on the offensive side for for the Chiefs. So week one against. Against the Redskins, it was 39 passes to 24 rushes. And LeGarrette Blunt was much more involved in the first half of that game. So that seems much more in line with what they would want to do, ideally, week in and week out. In this game, it, it seems they they thought they could exploit uh, the Kansas State Chiefs on the outside, like you said, with a screen game. As we say, is an extension of the run. So, you know, that 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 56, some of those are screen plays, which, which we know are, are really you know, passes, but really part of a run game kind of mentality. They obviously thought the interior line was something that they were going to get beat up by the Chiefs, and they did. <laughs> they did, even on pass protection. But, you know, I think it's one of those things where, yes, does the balance need to be better? Of course. It was one week, though. Let's not get, let's not get, uh, let's not get crazy about it. And it's just funny with Eagles fans and with Eagles media, they love defense and they love the run game. Yeah. <laughs> Throughout our lives, it's always been defense because, and run game. Because, you know, tough people play defense and run the ball. <laughs> I guess, you know? yeah, that's a good point. But uh, I, Yeah. But I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, but think about our history. We boo when we, we draft on your nap because everybody wanted Ricky Williams. Even the Gov wanted Ricky Williams. <laughs> I still think that was a mistake. <laughs> well, plenty of people hate Tommy <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> including our sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He ruined my life, man. <laughs> For our listeners, my brother and my sister got into like the worst fight of their natural lives over whether or not Donovan McNabb was a good quarterback for the franchise. Yeah. Whether he was a choke the, the, artist. The blood. Whether he was yeah, a choke, choke artist. Choke artist. Char- choke artist. Excuse me. <laughs> so anyway, I, to your point, though, yeah. I, it, it, especially growing up in Philadelphia with the punditry. And I don't even know where I come down on this philosophically because it's a tough it's a tough question to answer in any given game. And I think that's what you're getting at, which is, you know, if you're trailing in a game, it forces you into passing situations and then – it kind of makes running the ball uh, less opportune because you're chewing out the clock faster. And if you need to generate points quickly, you will be less balanced in your offense. So that like run pass stat at the end of every given game, uh, you don't know how it's kind of a circular reference. You don't know if they were unbalanced because they were trailing or it's like a flaw in the play calling. I agree that just, just calling out the mix is probably an overreaction at the same time. Uh, our whole game plan of trying to stretch the Chiefs horizontally with the screen game and using Sproles as a feature back ultimately didn't work. So, um, yeah, while it's an overreaction, I do think it kind of speaks to um, maybe a flawed game plan at the end of the day. 
It was effective. From it was effective. Doug Peterson, Matt. No. Uh, yeah, no. It, it was effective, <laughs> though. Let's not forget. They were in At that times, game. Yeah. They were in that game. Yeah, they only had 13 points, but they were in that game, game midway through the fourth quarter. It was almost as if you kind of, in the third quarter, the third and the fourth quarter were night and day in that. In the third quarter, Peterson had, you know, to his credit, I think you called this out on Sunday, he seemed to have adjusted his play calling uh, to the benefit of the Eagles. Then by the fourth quarter, because it became so obvious that we were in passing situations and you know, maybe there was some opportunity for more misdirection. You know, the Chiefs' pass rush w- was able to just start running downhill and, and creating disruption uh, for Carson's timing. So there, there was probably an opportunity going into the fourth quarter to reinvent what we were doing, and maybe that's you know something that gets better with experience. You know, for Carson and Peterson together. So I, I agree with you on balance. Definitely. The one, the one criticism that's totally valid is to the front offices, to Howie Roseman and crew, is they went into the season with LeGarrette Blunt, Wendell Smallwood, Darren Sproles. This was right. a draft, this was a draft with great running backs. Dalvin Cook looks like the real deal. Kareem Hunt, third round, looks like the real deal. We didn't get any of these players, and that that's on Roseman. And and running back was always something that Every in the offseason, everybody said it, the Eagles need you know a quality starting running back, and it was there for the taking of the draft, and they didn't get it. So, if there's any real criticism I have, it's with the front office for not for not addressing that. They got Pumphreys in the fourth round; he's inactive. So, um, right, you know, th- there's something to be said for that. Yeah, it's almost it, it, it's interesting. Um, you know, it, I want to say even like two to three years ago, but obviously stretching back probably this decade. Um, philosophy in the draft is tended towards like, you know, uh, undervaluing running backs, right? That the era of the running back is over and that they're kind of commodities. And that's, that's the kind of witch doctor science of the draft. Some years to your point, like this year, you just get a crop of incredibly talented young running backs and you have to be opportunistic. Yeah, so people, I kind of I, I get why, you know, Roseman deferred making a running back pick to the fourth round if you kind of think they're all interchangeable. Yeah, but it definitely seems that it's, it's turning back in the other direction because McCaffrey went pretty high. You know, it's a, who's the kid from Jacksonville? He went pretty high. Although we had, uh, allegedly, we had McCaffrey on our board, right? Allegedly. Well, that was always, uh, when you looked at the mock drafts, that was who uh, everybody was. And he hasn't been. That was, everybody said the Eagles were, that was always the thinking that they were going to go to McCaffrey. Anyway, so that's, uh, we're going to do that each week, what we think we got wrong, and overreactions from the uh, punditry to kind of, just digest for midweek. So with that, we'll also I, do... I, I did also... I wanted to give you credit, though, because I think, um, you know, you rightly called out. I, I think upon reflection, one thing you definitely got right is how well Carson played. And, again, I keep going back to this, and we're basically, I'm basically just ripping them off at this point. But the, the Duffy Gosell podcast, they kind of point out these really nuanced things about Carson's performance. Uh, if you if you want to check it out, Fran, Fran uh, Duffy has a really good on his Twitter feed breakdown of the Seattle play last year when 
Carson threw an interception over the the middle to um, who's the strong safety in in Seattle? Cam Chancellor. Cam Chancellor robbed him on kind of like a, a dig route over the middle. And um, in the Kansas City game, there was kind of like the cornerback made a similar read over the middle of the field. And Carson saw that had he thrown it, he would have been picked off and ran. And that's kind of the kind of thing that you would never see, um, you know, in a conventional broadcast that we see as fans. That just kind of speaks to his cerebral development. So definitely check that out. And uh, Yeah, they were saying that might be the play they were most impressed by, which was interesting. And if you think in our division about, like, Carson and Dak – you know, because that comparison is inevitably brought up and will be throughout the season when they play. You know, Carson is just asked to do so much more within our offense. It's so demanding for him and demanding of his precision. You know, whereas you kind of saw in the Denver game or just philosophically with the the Cowboys, like Dak can lean on this incredible run game. And and that just makes his life easier. And the burden of running the offense is much lower for Dak. Yeah, and Sal Powell made the great point. The NFC is wide open this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's no team that's really dominating yet so um it's there for the taking that they can definitely it's a big game this week with the giants that's for sure before we get to my mom who as we said is the most bitter eagles fan that either one of us know we just wanted to thank you for your support so far and and hope you're listening to us on itunes and enjoying what you hear and if you like what you hear we'd really appreciate if you left us a review because that helps us gain an audience and you know we wanted to grow our audience so we don't have to do our day job. So if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes. Like I said, there's a Brotherly Love podcast and a Brotherly Love Eagles podcast. We are the Brotherly Love Eagles pod- podcast. So if you could leave us a review, we'd greatly appreciate it. You can also find us on Bumpers and Google Play. But, you know, iTunes definitely helps us out if you leave a, leave a review for us. So we appreciate it. Now to our mom. All right. So we're here with our mother who's, like we said, still lives in the area. And Mama! Is... <laughs> Meatloaf! <laughs> and is is probably the most diehard Eagles fan we know. We called you the most negative Eagles fan we know, Mom. We, did that offend you? No, of course not. It's true. I wouldn't Wanna... even buy an Eagles fan this uh, uh, a flag this year. Our other one got all tattered, and we had to throw it out. And I refused to buy another until they win the NFC East. Ah. When, when I when I was a child, one of my most vivid memories was Chris Boniel missed a game winning field goal in Dallas on the road in the dead of winter, and Mom got so fired up that she had to like take a two mile walk around the block just to cool down. Yeah, and you know how I hate to exercise. <laughs> So, Mom, the Eagles are 1-1. One one. What? You, how are you feeling? Oh, well, I want them to be 2-0, and oh, of course. But so demanding. I de- I, I've decided I hate the coach. Me oh, too. Wow. Oh, no. Why did Blood you have to say that? Blood runs thicker than water, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you like, what do you hate about Doug Peterson? The play calling. So you think the, the, the run pass discrepancy is a major issue. We were just talking about that a couple minutes ago. Yes, very much so. And that's what everyone in Philadelphia thinks, too. Who, who do you trust the most? Is it still Diddy? Of course. Okay, so He's Diddy. He's like the master. Okay. He's the sports master. So Diddy is saying that the run pass discrepancy is a major issue still. Correct. Don't you think, though, that this is a pass-happy league now, pass first to, to, to win ball games, and we have the franchise QB? Don't you think it was just a one-game thing? That's what I was saying earlier. No, because he never seems to correct anything. But in any case, I'm afraid that the quarterback will get injured, and then what? Then we have Nick Foles, and then we're all in trouble. 
Exactly, because we didn't even see him in preseason because he was injured. That's true. It's a very fair point, and that that was the uh, point that Sal Pal was bringing up is that you know they're gonna get they're gonna get Wentz hurt, and of course that would change the season dramatically and not in a good way. Don't you think it's no. also a talent issue, though? Don't you blame Hallie Roseman just as much as Doug Peterson with the play calling? I don't know about things like that, really. <laughs> <laughs> Who's a run- What's a running back? <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that position. Who cares? Uh, no. He has a bad beard or he has too many tattoos. Matt, I still... I... So who's the... Before we get into... The, I have a couple of follow-up questions. So who is the cutest eagle? I'm I'm liking um, Howie Long's son. He's pretty cute. He has a lot of tattoos. Two... He's I all know. tatted up. I know he has a very nice mother. Why would she allow him to have those tattoos? He grew up in a, in a wholesome family. Exactly. But he is giving his first uh, six uh, paychecks to uh, Charlottesville. I heard that and I'm very, very impressed. That's a pretty cool thing that he's doing. Exactly. Well, you can, you know, you could get all tatted up if you're a pro athlete. Can't get tatted up like that in an office job. No, you but, cannot. What? <laughs> and what well, if, you you could. It'd be weird. <laughs> but when you get old, like I am, there they would be like disgusting because they would be all stretched out and wrinkly. Yeah, but by yucky. that point. And by that point, he'll be on NFL Fox Sunday wearing an oversized suit like his father before him. That's true. Who's That's to true. know? Yes. You better not have any tattoos, GT. That's all I no, have I'm, to say. I'm clean. I'm clean. <laughs> so, Mom, uh, how, how mad were you that we lost to Big Red, Andy Reid? I'm hysterical. I'm still hysterical because there's only um, three teams that I really hate. Of course, the Dallas Cowboys won. The Giants, two, and Kansas City, three, because of Andy Reid being the coach. And he couldn't bring a, a Super Bowl to Philadelphia. So if he gets into the Super Bowl with this team and wins, I will be hysterical. My mom thinks the town is cursed and that we will never win a Super Bowl for those in our audience. So that would be ironic if that happened. And I think we'd all be a little bitter as Eagles fans if that were the case. He has a shot with this team, but I still don't trust Alex Smith. Yeah, Alex Smith can't throw in the cold and Andy Reid can't win in the playoffs. We know that better than anyone. I don't know anything about um, Alex Smith, so I can't comment on him. <laughs> well, you said the three teams you hate the most. Well, we play the dreaded, hated Giants this week. What do you, what do you think about... What do you hate so much about the Giants? I just hate that they have good receivers and that they're in our conference and they've won Super Bowls recently. And I have to add Pittsburgh Steelers because they're in the same state and they have many Super Bowls. What do we have? Zero. The fair point. Fair point. Yeah, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers and they have the very smug fans that seem to inundate even the Philadelphia area these days. Yes, I have the a worst. neighbor. I have a neighbor who is the Steelers fan. What's yeah. her, what's her what's her name? Fran, <laughs> Candace. <laughs> you don't have to name her, but I, we know it's Candace or Fran, something like that. No, it's Chuck. His name <laughs> it's is a man. Chuck. It's a man. Yes. I was close. It's a it's it's early in the season, but it, it's a huge game. The Giants are zero and two. If they lose this one, they're pretty much uh, they're climbing up a hill to even get back in the, in the 
in the ra- NFC East race. And then the one thing that makes me nervous is the strength of their team is their interior defensive line. And we were just talking about Siamalo having a terrible game. So he has a- another challenge this week. Yeah, I was uh, uh, I was uh, texting with our friend Vinny yesterday. The first thing he said to me, I know this is on the last game, but he was like, when do you think, when do you think the next play call the, the next run call is going to happen. I told him week 11 to Sproles, two-yard loss. But he also said, I'm really nervous about uh, playing the Giants in division when they're 0-2. And uh, he you know, cited the desperation argument on the Giants side. So I do, I do, I share his, uh, you know, irrational, you know, uh, nervousness about playing the Giants who are kind of like in the craps at 0-2 and need a win in the division. Of course, everyone's really nervous. And if pundits are saying, oh, the the Eagles will win. Well, that's the kiss of death, right? Are the Eagles fans ever going into a game like fully confident they will win the game? No. I don't think there's ever that's time. possibility. Yeah, I don't think there's ever time where I, I, I have good feelings about games. But I never, I never, I'm never surprised if they blow it. I think that's part of growing up an Eagles fan. I feel like though the defense with that offensive line of the Giants, I mean, the Lions just annihilated that offensive line. I can't imagine that's something you can fix in a week. We have one player that's kind of suspect on the offense line. Their entire offensive line is bad. And the strength of our team right now is our defense, especially our front seven. So I'm feeling Uh, really good there. I think this game has got defensive gridlock written all over it, which makes sense. That's the strength of both teams. Um, my only issue is, you know, let's say it, uh, it is kind of a defensive gridlock, you know, through three quarters. It just takes uh, ODB breaking one big play against our, sec- our secondary or a couple big plays, and that's where we'll get into trouble if we kind of give up explosive plays, even if outside of that the defense is dominant. I just That's can't. I, I don't see how they get on the ball unless it's just you know some quick slant route that goes for eighty yards. I don't think yeah. they're going to get them down the field because I just don't think the Giants line can hold up. It would have to be something. I agree. It'd be something like the Kareem Hunt touchdown from last week where they catch us in the wrong defense. Yeah, and he takes a slant to the house, which he is very well capable of doing. What do you think of Eli Manning, Mom? I kind of like Eli. I always felt sorry for him yeah. being the brother of Peyton. She's always liked Eli because he's a sad, you know, he looks like a you know, sad sack version of Peyton. Yes. And, and he, I, I you know what you you know what you really think is that that uh do you think Archie likes Peyton more? Of course. Yeah. That's that's what it is, Matt. That's what it is. He's Parents the f- Parents always have their favorite. Yeah. So, so who's your favorite mom of the three of us? Amanda. She's <laughs> the only grandchild. Amanda. Amanda's both, uh, both <laughs> our parents' favorites. You know that. <laughs> but she deserves it. That's fine. <laughs> she definitely deserves it. Oh. And didn't that child look adorable in his little eagle's wince yes. costume? Yeah, our, our, I, I think it's a sign. Our nephew, who is... How old is he now, Mom? He's a nine year months. In December. Nine he's nine months, months. Nine months. He's nine months. He's got he's got fiery red hair. He was wearing his Wentz jersey that Matt bought him this weekend. Like it's it's a sign that Carson is the chosen one. No, I bought him I bought him the Carson Wentz jersey for the baptism because Eagles are our religion. That's why I did that. Well, yeah, obviously. And we go to church on Sunday. I think Wentz is the uh 
Wentz is clearly better than Eli right now. So we definitely have the quarterback advantage. Both defenses are really good. I But I have a great feeling about this game. I think we're going to put the Giants away. So I'm going to add to the nervousness of mom that everybody's picking the Eagles. I, I have a really good feeling about it this week. No, it's definitely head tells me we're, we're going to win. Heart tells me we're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with GT. Of yeah. course you do. All right. Yeah. Well, with that, we're done with the midweek Eagles Brotherly Love podcast. We'll see you on Sunday right after the game.